Well, what are we trying to do? We want to charge up our spirits so we can receive the word of God today. Say after me, say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The word of God is life. The word of God is life. It is my life. It is my life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I am receptive to God's word. I am receptive to God's In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. He has sent his word. He has sent his word. It is healing me. It is healing me. And is delivering me from all my destructions. Say the word of God is delivering me from sicknesses. The word of God is delivering me from confusion of soul. The word of God is delivering me from poverty. The word of God is delivering me from fear. Say like you believe, he say from fear. I am delivered by the power of God's word. Say the word of God is coming. And it's pouring grace into my life, giving me ability to walk like Christ, to walk like Jesus Christ, to get results like Him. So I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All right, in the name of Jesus Christ. Now let's declare that word that we normally declare together. Let's, let's go one to go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing Him in all respects. I am bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to His word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Alright, let's commence the teaching again today from 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2 is where we're going to start again today. Now, Peter was writing here, describing uh, the things that have to do with being a believer in Christ Jesus. Uh, let's read from verse 4. He said, I'm coming to him as to a living stone which has been rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God. You also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer all spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So for this is the scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. So this precious stone then is for you who believe. But for those who disbelieve, there's another word. So the stone which the builders rejected has become, this became the very cornerstone and the stone of stumbling and a block of offense. And I said, but for you who believe, verse 9, this is the result of the fact that you have believed and you have come to him. You have become a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. I like the King James expression there. It's a peculiar people. He said, why are you like this? What is the purpose? So that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. As an example, verse 10, <laughs> for once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. This was the situation. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. In our said verse 11, Behold, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts 
which war, wage war against the soul. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles, so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, you may, because of your good deeds as they observe them, glorify God in the day of salvation. Let's also move to Romans chapter 3. We also read this last time. We just want to, this is our main text for this particular part of our teachings. I'm just going to read a, a, a single, uh, just a few verses here. He said from verse 21, But apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe, for there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It's been justified by, as a gift by His grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. What did God do with this Christ Jesus? God displayed Him as a propitiation in His blood, that is, as a sacrifice, alright, through faith. Said so this was to demonstrate, now this is where I'm going, this is verse 25 here. He said this was to demonstrate his righteousness because in the forbearance of God he passed over the sins previously committed. For the demonstration, I say, of his righteousness at the present time so that he will be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Let me just stop here. Now, why did we read this? We just wanted to bring out the fact that the fact, anytime God wants to do something, if you were not around last time, Please get the CD. If you were around last time, please listen to the CD. <laughs> now, so we said that God likes to demonstrate things. He doesn't just, he doesn't just want to say things and people know, I just accept that because he said it, it is true. He likes to be, to be that, yes, I said it and it has been demonstrated to be true. And that's what we are seeing here in this Romans chapter three. That what happened was that God, for a long time, he did things. He did not punish sins when he was supposed to punish sins because the people offered a blood sacrifice. And we know that the blood of bulls and goats cannot take away sin. So what, what was he doing? He was showing to them that this sin is being paid for. Don't worry about it. So when Jesus came, Jesus was not the payment for that sin. So when the coming of Jesus was a demonstration that God was right all this while. Are you getting my point here? That's what he was trying to say. Let's just, let's read another scripture. It's very important. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let's go to verse, um, verse 21. He said, he, he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Now I want you to notice something here. He said, this was somebody who did not know any sin and I was talking about the Lord Jesus. He made him to be sin. Now, that's one interesting scripture that many people stumble over in trying to interpret. He did not know sin. He made him to be sin. Actually, what it means is simple terms. Is that he made him to be a sin offering. That's the meaning of that word. He made him to be sin. Okay? That's what he made him to be. He said, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That is even more difficult to explain. If you look at it in just in a, a simple, um, in just simple English like that on the surface. But I want to explain something again. It's very easy to understand if I just explain it, just like we've been saying. We read from that, uh, Romans chapter three, that the coming of Jesus was a demonstration of the righteousness of God. Here he was saying that we, 
have now become the righteousness of God in him. It's very easy to understand. Just add this word to make it clearer. That we have become the demonstration of the righteousness of God. That's what he was saying. That is any time in the spirit realm, um, people that have understanding of spiritual things, if they look at the believer in Christ Jesus, they will understand why God made somebody that did not have sin to die for sin. They will understand why God made Jesus that did not do anything wrong to be a blood sacrifice, to be the sacrifice for sin, even though he never did anything wrong. That is, the reason why God did that is shown when you look at your life. Listen to me. Only Jesus can change people. Nobody else can change any human being. It's only the power of Christ that can change people. Let me explain something to you again about Christianity. Christianity is so different from every other religion on this earth. Because in Christianity, God does not just... And that's a new covenant he made, all right, that he promised when he was speaking through Jeremiah. That there's a new covenant I'm going to make. I will write my laws upon their hearts. What Moses did was to give laws to those who did not want to obey the law. I don't know whether you're getting my point here. Inside them, they did not like to obey that law. Inside them, they said, thou shalt not steal. They wanted to steal. He said, thou shalt not covet your neighbor's goods. You know, that's why the meaning of the word covet is not just to want. Because God could not command them concerning their desires. He just commanded them concerning what they could do. So for them, don't, don't make any arrangement to legal, because you can steal. It's illegal. But you can make a legal arrangement to collect something that belongs to somebody else. Do you get my point? That is covetousness. That is different between stealing and covetousness. That is, it's okay, that shall not steal. Say, no problem, I will not steal. But I'm going to work hard to ensure that that thing that belongs to my neighbor, all right, becomes my own. So that if you take me to court, you will see that I went through the legal way. That is different between stealing and covetousness. So you see, when Nabal, well, not Nabal, um, Ahab wanted to take the, the vineyard of Naboth, right here. you see why, how they went about it. It was, that's what they call covetousness. Jezebel looked and said, we can't just collect it, that will be stealing. So let's have people go and testify. I mean, they broke so many rules. Covetousness, bearing forth witness, everything was there. People would testify. So Naboth was executed. Nobody could complain, alright, on the issue of stealing when Ahab collected what belonged to Naboth. Because what they wanted was, let me steal and let me buy it. That's what they wanted. Okay? He wasn't saying, give it to me by force. I would need to buy it. But that man said, I cannot sell it. It belongs to my family. It belongs to my father. I have to hand it over to the next generation. I can't sell it. So by the time they killed him, the next fellow sold it. <laughs> I hope you are getting my point. Now, what am I going to say here? So it's that covetousness. Now, that's just a, a side trip. So Moses gave them all those commandments, but he could not change the heart of anybody. That's why Paul, uh, Paul wrote in that Romans chapter 7. He said that, yes, I wanted to obey the law, but there's something inside my member. And that was the thing. So Moses could not change the heart of anybody. But God now said, I will, in the next new covenant, I will write my laws upon their hearts. Nobody will need to say to the neighbor, know the Lord. Now, what was he trying to say? He said, I will write their laws, my laws upon their hearts. What it means is that if a man likes a vineyard, and looking at the vineyard, I said, man, this vineyard is beautiful. He said, sir, it belongs to Naboth. He said, oh, it belongs to Naboth. Suddenly, he doesn't want it anymore. He doesn't want it anymore. Why? It belongs to somebody else. He's no longer interested. He doesn't want it. That is, the desire for that vineyard vanishes from his heart. Somebody said, I can get it for you. He said, why should you get it for me? Is the owner tired of it? He's not the one defending the owner. Why? 
He does, the fact that you told him it belongs to somebody else. Why? Because his heart has been changed. He will not steal. Why should he steal? He understands, I mean, he, when he understands that this thing is blessing somebody else, rather, he would rather give to the person rather than steal from him. Now, these are the things that God does and writes his laws in the hearts of people. Are you getting my point here? Now, so, God can take somebody who believes in Jesus, who was, I mean, is full of hatred and anger and everything. He turns him to be the nicest, most loving, you understand my point, most patient of all human beings. Now, it's not easy. The Bible says the redemption of a soul is costly. That's what the Bible says. Don't think that you just go, you know, go and do psychology and psychotherapy and change somebody. You can't do it. It is a spiritual transaction. It is a power of the spirit that can do that in the life of anybody. It's not cheap. It is not cheap. Now, for God to be able to do it, he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, and Jesus died. So by the time Jesus was dying for sins, it didn't make sense. No, just think about it. He had never done anything wrong. He had never offended God or man. I mean, normal man. Are you getting my point? I don't mean the Pharisees who were disobeying God. I mean, he never stole anybody's goods. He did not covet his neighbor's anything. If anything, the Bible says he went around doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. So why should anybody kill him? Even the angels did not like the idea. They just had to cooperate. Because they did not, the Bible said these are things that angels longs to look into. So don't assume that they understood it. So they were looking at it. So Gabriel looked at Michael. Michael, what do you think? He said, the Lord is wise. I don't know whether you get the point. Michael didn't think it was a nice idea. He just said, the Lord is wise. They looked at each other. Do you know the name of any other angel in the Bible? Gabriel, Michael, who else? Eh? Okay, yes. My wife just told me about two now. There's one angel called Goodness. And that one called Mercy. And that's what Miles Moreau taught us. Alright? So let's assume that goodness looked at Gabriel. Said, Gabriel, what is going on? Did you see what they are doing to Jesus down there? He said, yes. So why can't we go and fight? He said, did they call you? Were you not there? When he said, if I wanted 12 legions. We were waiting. Once he said 12 legions, all of us waited, hoping he would call. He did not call. And the Lord said, stay there. They did not enjoy the beating. It wasn't funny. Because the Bible said things that the angels longed to look into. It tells you that even the angels did not understand. Finally, he died. And the angel said, the Lord is wise. When he was getting really weak, at a point in time in the garden, the Lord gave instructions. And angels went there and strengthened him. But they were not allowed to deliver him. I, I hope you are getting my point here. So he died. And the, all the angels sat and said, okay, oh, the Lord is wise, but this is a tough one. Finally, on the third day, they told one angel, go and roll back the stone. Ah, that angel was very happy to do that job. <laughs> because at that point in time, the Son of God rose again from the dead. And then they said, what did this achieve? Then they began to see the hearts of man transformed. I hope you are getting my point here. Suddenly they saw that because, you see, all the sins that David committed, they were not thrown away. They were stored somewhere. 
The word atonement means to cover. They were just covered in a nice safe. They were not thrown away. The one that Abel committed was there. Abel was not the perfect man. He did one or two things wrong. I, I mean, he's not the son of Adam. The one that all those people committed, David, uh, I mentioned David, the one that everybody in the Old Testament, they were all, as the Jews were sacrificing, not only Jews, don't forget, blood sacrifice was not only with the Jews. You go and see when Balaam want to see what God was saying. He would tell Balak, bring me several bulls, bring me several, several uh, this, and they would sacrifice. So that thing was everywhere. Yes, these people were offering blood sacrifices. If you remember, when Abimelech took Abraham's wife, God made him take a sacrifice to Abraham. Abraham to pray for him. When Job, you know, Job, is, that story is the oldest, all right, in the Bible there. When Job, was, uh, when his friends did what they did, when they spoke against the counsel of God, they had to take sacrifices. What I'm going to say here is that all those people were just covering their sins up. The sins were stored up somewhere. Yet God was not punishing it. That's why we're talking about the fact that he overlooked sins all that, all that time. But the moment Jesus died, the store of sin, the angels who opened it and it was gone. I don't know whether you get my point here. When the sin was stacked up for all these generations, the angels went to peep. There was nothing there again. Ah, what happened? God said, you see, that's why I kept it there. Now Jesus has paid. Now they are permanently free. David is now free. The blood of Uriah, that blood was making a lot of noise. They covered it with the blood of bulls and goats to bubble through. <laughs> Are you getting my point? That's the sound. But at that point in time, it was silenced permanently. Why? Because Jesus had paid. So the angels were beginning to understand. The men who come in the realm of the spirit, they could see things. They saw suddenly Peter became a totally new man. John became a totally new man. As Jesus was rising up from the dead, so were those who were believing in him being transformed inside. I hope you are getting my point. That was why Jesus came to them and the Bible says he breathed upon, he breathed upon them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit didn't fall for the next many days. Because he said, in Jerusalem until receive the Spirit from on high. What did he now give to them that day? Are you, are you getting my point here? There's a new spirit that he brought from resurrection and passed into all the people that were following him. Then the angels, if looking with the eyes of the spirit, they saw dark hearts suddenly get light. They saw people changed. One day they see a man like the Roman centurion who invited Peter to his house. And Peter finished preaching. And phew! Children of darkness became children of light in one instant. And the angel said, Lord, how did you do that? He said, when Jesus was dying, I told you guys to be patient. He said, yes, we said you were wise, just that it was confusing. So when they saw Cornelius born again, they said, well, now we understand why Jesus died. When they saw Paul, I'm going to kill everybody. Paul was looking for who to kill, put in prison. And Jesus met him on the way. In one instant, that enemy of Jesus became a good friend of Jesus, willing to lay his life down for him. God looked at him and said, what did I tell you guys? The angel said, yo, uh, yeah, I kill. This is good. I hope you're getting my point here. They looked and said, this is good. That's what the Bible means when it says we, are, we have become the righteousness of God in him. That is, when they look at you, that's why I look, that's why it annoys me. Now, I'm back to this, my funny things. Somebody now look at the child of God and say he needs deliverance. I'll be looking at you. From what? Ancestral curses. If the angels catch you, 
insult the blood of Jesus like that. Say, do you know what you're talking about? If any man is in Christ, and they, they, they saw it happen. They saw it happen. They saw people being transformed. Nothing that this person, uh, the, 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 the sins of the grandfather is what is pursuing him in 2016. Ah, if it was in uh, maybe like uh, 25 BC, we'll understand. In 2016 AD, you tell somebody who has believed that the sin of his father is what is pursuing him. The angels know what they say. It's only the ignorance of the Christian that's pursuing him. The sin of his father cannot pursue him. The ancestral curses in their family cannot pursue him. The only thing that pursues them, the angels are arguing, is their ignorance. That if they know what we saw happen in their lives, they won't be here talking. That is what it means when it says we became what? The righteousness of God in him. We, we, know, we often interpret it, it means now we are righteous. Yes, we are righteous, but that's not what our scriptures say. That when they say we became righteous, they say we became the righteousness of God. It's God that's righteous there, not you. I hope you are following the point. In that situation, it is God that is righteous, not you. It's not the believer. It is God. He said we became the righteousness of God. What does that mean? When they look at, oh, I wish we could see what the angels have seen in the spirit. If you have been around, when we've been looking on Tuesdays, we're studying Colossians and Ephesians. We're talking about the fact that God does not cease to present us perfect, blameless before him without fault. That is the meaning. If you ever wonder, if you ever wonder what that scripture meant, that's what I've just explained to you. That is the meaning. Listen, let me tell you the truth. Grace, I told you that if you understand grace properly, people will think you are walking. I mean, it's close to lawlessness. Now, I'm going somewhere. The man that understands grace, that understands Christ, what God did for him in Christ, he has to be careful not to be proud. That's why Paul said that because of the multitude of revelations, God has said, eh, give this guy something to keep him down. Because the kind of things Paul knew. I don't know whether you are getting my point here. Listen, if you understand grace and what God has done for you in Christ to get to a particular level, you have to consciously learn how to be humble. <laughs> it's a deliberate action. Look, Father, in the name of Jesus, as I'm going out today, please teach me humility. Because the way my head did so, and I swear level. Yeah, swear levels. Let me give an example. The man who understands grace, that understands what God did in Christ, he didn't go to school at all, not primary school or anything. He will stand in front of a professor and he will expect the professor to bow down and kneel. And it's not lying. He's real. For what he understands, that professor should bow down, prostrate, and say, Good morning, sir. I'm from below. Look up to him and say, Good morning. And this guy didn't go to school at all. Because if he looks in the realm of the spirit, he knows who has understanding, who does not have. The truth is that he has reason to boast. I, I hope you're getting my point here. It's not as if the man is, is trying to be. That's why he needs to learn humility. He needs to learn how to calm himself down. There was a time some people annoyed Peter and Co. They turned to Jesus and said, should we call fire from heaven? And Jesus did not say, ha, ah, who told you you can do that? He said, you don't understand the kind of spirit that you have. That that's not what will give you power for. To be killing those that offend you. Listen. Paul prayed for the Philippians, for the Ephesians. 
so that you will understand the power that works towards those who believe. I've told you all this one, they'll be telling you, Boko Haram, Boko Haram, Boko Haram. Eh? Islamic threat. I hate hearing it. Because it's an insult to the power that works towards those who believe. Except the Lord gives his people up. Alright? There's nothing anybody can do. If you see what seeming like they are pressing on the believers, the believers should gather and say, what's going on? They should gather and say, what's going on? They should pray amongst themselves first. And say, God, what happened? They are, I mean, they should pray and say, God, what happened? Not as, not them saying, shouting and saying, eh, 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 this place is burning, no? Pray, pray, pray. This place is burning. There is a depth of power that a man who understands Christ sees. He has to train himself to be humble. No, he has to train. The humility is a special training. Why am I saying all of these things? That's what it means when you talk about the righteousness of God. That is, all of these things came. Paul said, I want to know him and what? The power of his resurrection. That was what the angels saw. And they said, indeed, God is righteous. I hope you get my point. Now, let's look at it again. So, what are you? The righteousness of God. That you are the demonstration that God was not making a mistake when he sent his only begotten son. You see why you can never be asleep? I don't know whether you're getting my point. See why you will not let anybody treat you like a slave. Let me explain what I'm trying to say here. When you gave your life to Christ, angels rejoiced. If you're walking on the road, they are rejoicing that, ah! So this boy, this girl, is the reason why Jesus died. And now, looking at him, looking at her, we understand that God was not making a mistake. I pray we have the eyes of angels to see what they are seeing in our lives. I hope you've got the, the scripture. And when I explain to us what it means when you say there's a demonstration. We talked about it last time. That's what we are talking about. That there's a demonstration. There is a God requires. Now, back to the message now. Remember, last time I was talking about this. That listen, you know, if God's work, if God's word, if these things are going to be shown to be righteous and to be true, there's no other way. It has to be in your life and in my life. There is no other way. We're talking about true service of God. Listen, in your life, you have to walk with God. You know, there's some scripture we read, we didn't read last time, but I quoted in Jeremiah chapter 2. When God told them that, listen, I've given you this land, begin to contend in battle. I explained. Listen, that is how God does things. He unlocks the door for the man in prison and says, you are free. The man has to get up and open the door and walk out. So God will go to the village square and say, ah, how's your, how's your son? Say, oh, he was in prison. Now he's free. I hope you're getting my point. If you sit down there, God is your father. If you sit down there in the prison and sit down there forever, everybody in the village will think that man lied. That his son is not free. He came and lied to us that he's free. When in actual fact, the boy was in prison. But was he lying? No. He paid for everything. They unlocked the door. But the boy was so used to staying in prison, he didn't get up to open the door. On Tuesday, we talked about that, if you remember. And that is one thing that God does, because I want us to understand it. If he unlocks the door and you decide to stay in poverty, it will appear as if 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9 is a lie. And the only person God can use to prove that 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9 is true is you. It's me. Please, I hope you're getting my point here. There's no other person. 
It is the church that God demonstrates his wisdom through. Nobody else. We are the ones he demonstrates. Now, there's a reason why I'm saying all of these things. We're talking about true service of God. The man that is in prison has to get up and open that door and walk away. To prove that God is righteous. He has to. She has to. You can't sit in prison and be enjoying. Even if you like prison, you have to prove that God is righteous. You have to prove he did not lie. You have to. When you are making decisions in life, realize your life is a statement for God. Yeah, that's the way to put it. Let me give an example. You've heard this expression before. <laughs> Tough times never last. Tough people do. That was Rebecca that said it. Yeah, it was one that made that statement. Alright? And I believe it was inspired when he said it. Now, there's a reason I'm talking about it. The ability to endure hardship. Paul explained something like this. That I can do all of this things through, through Christ who strengthens me. You are getting the point. Now, listen to this. If hardship comes and every Christian runs away from where they're supposed to be, they have proven God to be a liar by their lives. Listen, when you want to make it make a decision in life, ask yourself, what does it say about God? We're talking about true service of God. It's what does it say about Him? <laughs> Digression, but it helps people. That is why, if I ever hear a Christian, the, you know, the other day you told me that um, the Geo, he placed a curse on anybody that will do tribalism Inside Redeemed Church of, uh, in, uh, in Redeemed Christian Church of God, as a That I say, if you do it, you will die before me. And as an old man, when an old man tells you, you will die before him, <laughs> you know what that means? You're your way to the grave. He said, if anybody turns this church to a tribal church, he will die. If anybody comes in here and practices, let's help our brother. The Jew has said the person must die. When you told me I was excited, I was very happy. I wish somebody would go to U.S. and say it also, that if anybody practices racism in this church, he will die. The angels will just clap, oh, say it again, say it again. They say, that, Lord, please give us a, you know, fire at will order, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yes, because they need, you know what I'm saying this? When you are making decisions in life, you are making statements about God. A Christian says, I can't marry such a person. Why? She's not from our area. She's making a statement. He's making a statement about God, about the church of God. I don't know whether you're following what I'm saying. We're talking about true service of God. People think that service of God is went to church. Uh, who came early today to sweep kingdom world? Who are those who did the backdrop behind me? <laughs> The Lord bless them specially. Listen, that is true. God will bless you. Amen. It's all about because the labor of love. Yes, that's true. There's love you show for the saints. All right? But there's something that you show directly for God. I was listening to David Paulson yesterday night, and he was saying something. In the teaching the, ten, the five covenants of God he taught in America, the video. He explained that. We want to emphasize something, all right? That Abraham was not perfect. Isaac was not perfect. Jacob was not perfect. And he proved it. He said each one of them lied to save himself. So these are not perfect people. So then why, then why did God love them 
why is God proud to attach his name to their own? He said it's simple. Because everything God said to them, they believed and they did. So despite all their imperfections, God said, I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of... No, Jacob was the hardest one. (laughs) Yet God did not mind. He called himself the God of Jacob. I told you before, if David is alive today, they will carry him to war crimes tribunal. But God uses it to... In fact, one name they use for Jesus sometimes in the Bible is David. You, won't, you have to look closely to know who they are talking about. The Bible, the, the Bible talks about the sure mercies of David. And God even said that he preached God in everything. That the only one he didn't do right was Uriah. He's the only one. You know how many Philistines are dead? But it says only in the case of Uriah that God was angry particularly with David. Please, I hope you are getting my point here. It's not that these people were perfect. But when God spoke, they were careful not to go against him. But these days, Christians use their actions to speak against God. And they think they are working as Christians. My wife made a statement today. I wrote it down immediately. He said people think that Christianity is play. They don't understand that it's a life of sacrifice. That is, yes, I don't like to do this. But as a Christian, I have to do that. When I made a joke that this is what Christians, how Christians pray. In fact, I wrote it to one, some of my friends. One of them laughed very well. He said, I said, God, I want to do this. Please adjust your will accordingly. <laughs> yeah, that's how we pray. Lord, I want to do this. Adjust your will accordingly. Listen, this is a statement I'm making. Everything you do in life as a Christian, we're talking about true service of God. We say we are the demonstration of his righteousness. And let me say something to you quickly. If you are not willing to demonstrate in righteousness in small things, like can I marry from here, I can't marry from there. You know something? <laughs> you will not bow the fiery furnace. Forget all of these things. Though. Fiery furnace is for those... One day I was reading my Bible, reading the book of Daniel. I discovered something. Listen to this. Once they said, if you pray to another God apart from the king, you are going to enter into the lion's den. Daniel prayed anyway. Are you getting my point? We know the rest of the story. Is that if you don't bow down to this large image that the king has set up, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they refuse to bow anyway. He said, if you don't bow, you are going to the fiery furnace. They told the king, sorry, sir, we are not bowing. He said, heat it up seven times more. It was so hot, the men that were supposed to throw them inside died. I'm sure you have wondered yourself, will I stand if I'm the one put there? The truth is that nobody can stand. No, no, nobody can stand. The only people that stood, they stood by the power of grace. That's it. This is my conviction. I thought about, I've thought about, I've been thinking, teaching about this for years. I thought about it here, here many times. If at that point in time they gave um, Shadrach the opportunity to bow, and he wanted to bow, his back was stiff. The truth is that those men, it got to a point they couldn't bow. The willingness, the ability. You see, life is lived in a spiritual way. Oh. Not be by your strength. Oh. God poured the spirit inside them. Are you getting me? They saw death, they were not afraid. They saw the fire, it was inviting. I don't know what I get my point. Mm. It's not fire. Let it be quick. They were not planning to survive. 
They didn't care whether they survived or not. But the fire was like, this is the path to glory. Let's pass through it. That was how they felt. Nobody obeys God with Agidi. You know what they call Agidi? Gragra. Oboju. Give me another word now. No, not stop born. I want real English. Like Oboju English. Boface, thank you. You don't use greed to obey God. When God sees the willingness to obey, He pours grace into you. Grace starts carrying you. I hope you're getting my point. When they say nobody should pray to any other God, God will, pour, he will just pour the spirit of intercession into you. You open the window. In the name of Jesus. You open your eye. They've come to arrest you. Say, what's going on? You were praying. Okay, I was praying. Yeah, let's go now. You get to the king. Why were you praying? <laughs> Lord, oh, the spirit of the Lord came upon me. And I began to speak in other tongues as the spirit gave me utterance. I didn't know what I was saying. Oh, let me tell you a story I heard. You know, you know I listen to messages a lot. I listen to the people during the night. I woke up and heard that one. The man said, the one man in this church, he did not like that man. He disliked the man. So one day the man fell sick and I was going to be sick for like six weeks. So he was happy. So this man will not come to church for six weeks. Praise God. Six weeks of peace. Because it was, the guy was like an elder in church. So anytime he says, let's do this, the man will say, we have done it before. It did not work. So no need to do it. Alright, let us do this other one. The man will say, we have never done it before. Why should we try it? So that was the kind of trouble this man used to give him. Then the man fell sick. And he knew this man would be out for like six weeks. So he was happy that the man has fallen sick. So there will be peace of God that passes all understanding for six weeks. So, he went to church to go and pray for the man. And he told the Lord simply, let me be honest with you, Lord. I don't want to, I don't want to pray for him. I want him to be sick. But you see, I should pray for him. He said, the moment he got to that point, a spirit of prayer came upon him. He prayed for one hour in a language that sounded Chinese. At the end of one hour, he took a break. The prayer started again. He prayed for another one hour. He said that language sounded like, I think, a Spanish. He didn't know what he was saying. He said he prayed for the man for an hour in Chinese. Oh, he doesn't speak Chinese. The Bible says, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, speaketh not unto man, how be it in the spirit, he's uttering mysteries unto God. Let's make a long story short. The man sent for him. When he was going to the man's house, we were just hearing James chapter 5. James chapter 5. And the man's name was James. He said, Lord, I understand the James part. But the five, okay, was it James 5? James 5, James 5. He said, I understand the James part, but the five part I don't get. He got to the man's house. The man said, Pastor, what do you think about James 5? Because is anyone sick amongst you, let him call upon the elders of the church. Let him pray over him, anointing him with all. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. If he has committed any sins, it shall be forgiven him. He said, confess your faults one to another. The first line. So when they got there, they said, okay, let us confess our... So the man said, what do you think? He said, I will pray about it. That's a nice way to escape without praying for the man. But I already prayed for him the other time. He said, then, this, the, it, 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 let's make a long story short. Let me make the story short. They call, he came one day with some guys. 
And he said, let's confess your fault one to another. So let's start by saying that, James, I have never liked you. I don't like you. So the man said, the feeling is mutual, Pastor. <laughs> the feeling is mutual. <laughs> so, so they got that one out of the way. Then he anointed the guy with oil. Let me make a long story short. By the next day, the man was totally well. And he said he didn't know when he promised the man that. Are you still traveling? He said he had some journeys to make. He said, your ticket still available? The man said, yes. Said, get ready, I'll drop you at the airport tomorrow. So he didn't know when he said it. The words came out of his mouth by themselves. So next day, the man called him and said, I'm waiting now. You're not coming to carry me. He said, why should I carry you? Are you well? <laughs> that is, the, the guy was, he got it. The man was perfectly well. He said, they now became the best of friends. They became the best of friends. Now, please, I know where I, I, I took that tangent off. I was explaining something that, listen, he was not the one that loved the man by himself. It was the spirit of God in him that loved through him. That's what they call grace. He said the law came by Moses. Grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. Now, what am I going to say? But for somebody to receive grace, don't forget. That's what we're talking about. For you to receive grace, to stand against the fiery furnace, Daniel, Ananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, those are their uh, uh, Jewish names, they did not start that day. They started on small things like the food they will eat and the food they will not eat. Some people have been eating all kinds of things. They now don't want to bow when they say bow. Why am I saying this? There are little decisions we make every day that's within our powers. That's hindering our ability to receive the power of God later on in life. What's the big deal? You know, it's very simple to decide, okay, I'm from, um, give me two places I don't like to marry each other in Nigeria. No, in Enugu. Who's from Enugu here? Good. Please, give me two big places. You should know now, a man, where a man won't agree to marry a woman from. Okay, Ogu people and Kanu people. Uh-huh. Good. You know the truth is that fine girls come from Ogu. True of us. Yes, now. And Kanu, they are fine. They are fine girls from there. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> now, why I'm saying all of this is this. Listen, it's actually easy. You know, you can use that one to in quote, in quote, persuade yourself, deceive yourself. Say it's the will of God. After all, it's a woman you like. It's easy to write over that and say, listen, no, the Bible says, it's, no, listen, it's relatively easy. It's relatively easy to, write, to overwrite that, that small thing and say, no. Uh, no in our church, the, the Bible says that we cannot, we cannot know anybody after the flesh. We, we're, we're spirit people. In Christ Jesus, we're all one. After all, you like the girl. I hope you're getting my point. Listen, if you can't do that on things like that, that's where I began all of this talk from. You are misrepresenting God in life. You have made it a habit. When serious things come up later in life, you will not be able to receive grace to withstand them. That is a matter of fact. Many men are shutting off their destiny in marriage choices. Tomorrow they are starting business. They say, Father, in the name of Jesus. God say, who are you talking to? I receive grace to face down God. They say, you just kill you. I'm facing this giant in business. I'm going to take over the land from it. Because if you go near, you're on your own. Do you know God says that once in a while? 
when they doubted God in the wilderness, Moses came and said, this is the judgment of God. 40 years you guys are going to be in the wilderness until the last of you adults are dead. Then in that generation, we'll go to the promised land. They were not very good. We are sorry. So in fact, right now, we are going to the promised land. Moses said, come back. Don't go. They said, no, we will go. Moses said, the Lord is not with you. They went back. Eh? <laughs> when the Perizzites and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites gathered against them, they ran. Moses said, did I not tell you that God is not with you? Men, many times, they have decided to disobey God in small things they could have handled. And I get up later in life saying, the name of Jesus, I say, wait, sit down. If you go up against them, they will kill you. Why? Seven years ago, you wanted to marry. You sat down with your cousins that were not believers and condemned the child of God. Forget it, my boy. That business, you're not doing it again in your life. Anytime you do it, you will lose money. Better get away. Listen, I'm saying something. I know where I began this from. It is through us God is showing what he is like. 